On behalf of the Mayflower Church family and staff, I welcome you to this time of prayer, meditation, and turning our attention to God's word as it is read and proclaimed through word and music. These are extraordinary times that have prompted all of us to take extraordinary precautions for ourselves, but also in care for and concern for others. Although we are not physically together this morning, sitting beside each other in familiar pews, greeting each other before and after worship with smiles and with cookies and with hugs, as God's word reminds, we are indeed nonetheless one in the spirit. For it is the spirit that connects us both when we are near to each other as well as when we are far apart. In the coming weeks, we will post our worship bulletin on our website so you can follow along and even participate with the order of service. But this morning, with events evolving so quickly last week, we were unable to provide that resource quite yet. Also on our website, Facebook, and Instagram pages, you will find Lenten devotions and resources for the coming days. And now I invite you to prepare your heart and your soul and your mind to come before that which is holy in our world, that which sustains us by grace, the one who surrounds us with steadfast love as we walk the valleys and the hills of life, experiencing both sorrow and joy. Hear now this call to worship. O Lord, open my lips, and my mouth shall proclaim your praise. The Lord's unfailing love and mercy never cease. Fresh they are as the morning, and as sure as the sunrise. You created the day and the night, O God. You set the sun and the moon in their places. You made summer, and you made winter. O Lord, you hear our voices in the morning. At sunrise, we offer you our prayers, and we wait for your answer. O depth of wisdom and knowledge of God, the source, the guide, the goal of all that is, to you be glory forever. So come, let us rejoice and exalt and give God the glory. Come, let us worship.
in some worship services, it is a tradition to, to read a morning psalm. The psalms being what we can think of in the Bible as, as a prayer book. In many respects, a hymnal. Our psalm this morning are selections from Psalm 16. And listen now for God's word. Keep me safe, my God. For in you I take refuge. I say to the Lord, you are my Lord. Apart from you, I have no good thing. Lord, you alone are my portion and my cup. You make my lot secure. I will praise the Lord who counsels me, even at night. My heart instructs me. I keep my eyes always on the Lord. With God at my right hand, I will not be shaken. Therefore, my heart is glad and my tongue rejoices. My body also will rest secure. You make known to me the path of life, O Lord. You will fill me with joy in your presence, with eternal pleasures at your right hand. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. I invite you to join with me in 30 seconds of silent reflection, prayer, and meditation. I want to say a few words about today's music. We began our worship service with an organ setting by Fred Bach of the hymn tune Bunesan. It's a Gaelic melody. We know it as morning has broken. Um, During these uncertain times, I was looking for the familiar, the familiar which brings us comfort. And today's postlude will be one of the small gems in the organ repertoire, the closing movement of Mendelssohn's third organ sonata in A major called Andante Tranquilo. It's very brief, very gentle, again, looking for calmness in these uh, these uncertain times. And following the message this morning, Scott Bosher has uh, chosen a... um, 
a song that is written, the text and the music, both written by uh, living composers and authors in South Dakota. Uh, the author is a, um, a minister in the United Church of Christ, and her colleague, um, have both of them have written, uh, collaborated in over 100 new texts and melodies. Um, this specific one called Come Away With Me to a Quiet Place is an invitation to prayer. It's based on the text in Mark 6, verses 30 through 32, where Jesus invites the disciples to retreat from the world and its problems in order to rest a while and pray. I was especially taken by verse 4 as I was reading this text yesterday. Um, it says, Come and say in words whispered from your soul the feelings and actions you can't control. Your spirit needs to be made whole. Come away with me. Our first reading from the New Testament is from 1 Corinthians, chapter 12, verses 12 through 27. And listen now for God's word. Just as a body, though, has many parts, but all its many parts form one body, so it is with Christ. For we were all baptized by one spirit, so as to form one body, whether Jews or Gentiles. So the body is not made up of one part, but many. Now, if the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, it would not be for that reason stop being a part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being part of the body. But in fact, God who has placed the parts in the body, every one of them, just as God wanted them to be. As it is, there are many parts, but one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. On the contrary, these parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And the parts that we think are less honorable, we treat with special honor. Its parts should have equal concern for each other. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. Now you are the body of Christ. And each one of you is a part of it. Our second reading comes from Luke chapter 19, verses 1 through 10. Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. A man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and he was wealthy. He wanted to see who Jesus was. 
But because he was short, he could not see over the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore tree to see him, since Jesus was coming that way. When Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. So he came down at once and welcomed him gladly. All the people saw this and began to mutter, He has gone to be the guest of a sinner. But Zacchaeus stood up and said to him, Look, Lord, here and now, I give half of my possessions to the poor. And if I have cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. Jesus said to him, Today, Salvation has come to this house, because this man, too, is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save the lost. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Howard Merkel is an award-winning author and professor the History of Medicine and Director of the Center of the History of Medicine at the University of Michigan. He's been involved as either an editor or an author of of books such as When Germs Travel, Six Major Epidemics That Have Invaded America Since 1900 and the Fears That They Have Unleashed. This week, he was quoted as saying, Coronavirus is a socially transmitted disease. And we all have a social contract to stop it. What binds us is a microbe, but it also has the power to separate us. We're a small community, whether we acknowledge it or not, and this proves it. Then he said, the time to act like a community, is now. The season of Lent in the church here is considered a time of of reflection and assessment and preparation for Easter. Our, Our theme this Lent is seven stations to resurrection. The practice of honoring stations of, of the cross is an ancient Christian practice that, that winds all the way back to the 4th century, where those seeking to, to deepen their spiritual life paid attention to these specific moments in Jesus' journey to Jerusalem and the cross. Two Sundays ago, we began with our, our first station, the Station of Mortality, where we heard Jesus proclaim that at the end of this journey, He would be killed. We also heard the choir render Gabriel Foray's Requiem and noted, as that composer phrased it, that that our faith resides in the reality of eternal rest. Last Sunday, our second station was healing, and we read as Jesus was approaching Jericho, a, a blind man was sitting by the roadside begging. He wanted to be healed, and he was. 
And we spoke about opening our eyes to the totality of creation, including the coronavirus. And that like that blind beggar, as people of faith, we can ask Jesus for the, for the majesty and the mystery and even the danger of all of creation to come into focus. That it might be tempting to want to close our eyes and to shut ourselves off from life. But the blind beggar models what it looks like to to muster up faith, despite life's hardships, and to choose to be engaged in our world with all the faith that we can muster, faith that, that believes in healing, faith that believes in miracles, faith that trusts that whenever our eyes are truly open, what comes next, what will stir in our soul, as it did in the blind beggar, is we will want to follow Jesus and we will want to praise God. Which brings us to our third station, station of Zacchaeus. On Wednesday night, local artist Joel Shom Tanis joined us here at Mayflower and led a workshop in his paint-splattered overalls for children in our midweek program, as well as giving a lecture for adults. Our Seven Stations to Resurrection art exhibit exhibits one of Joel's pieces, a piece on the story of Zacchaeus. And in this lovely and vibrant painting, Joel depicts Zacchaeus as as balanced up on a tree, as he apparently had heard about Jesus and, and heard about Jesus talking about tax collectors and the wealthy and what they should do with their lives, and he wanted to hear what Jesus had to say for himself. But in Joel's artistic depiction of this moment in the Bible, even though Zacchaeus had made all the effort to climb limb to limb to get a perch, a view of Jesus, in Joel's painting, his view is nonetheless blocked by this large branch full of green leaves. Despite that surge of effort, in other words, Zacchaeus couldn't see Jesus' face. Has that ever happened to you? You desperately wanted to see someone famous. You you wanted to achieve a goal in life. So you made the effort. You waited outside the arena. You made the presentation. You submitted the paper. But it didn't go as planned. The celebrity passed you by. You didn't see him or her. A technical problem arose in your presentation. The email went down, and your paper didn't make it to the professor. Can you imagine, as Joel Shontanis did, Zacchaeus up in that tree, desperately wanting to see and hear Jesus. He's made all the effort, but his efforts have fallen short. Can you feel the disappointment that must have welled up inside of him. And that's when Jesus says to him in our passes, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I want to stay in your house today. Which is a remarkable verse for for two reasons. First, somehow Jesus knows Zacchaeus by name. He doesn't say, hey, you, up there in the tree. And he's never met Zacchaeus before. 
But apparently that which is holy in our world, that which sustains us by grace, the one who surrounds us with steadfast love, knows us by name. Second, notice how Jesus invites him to come from down from that tree and to spend time with him, to befriend him, to learn from him. Jesus doesn't leave Zacchaeus up there in that place of disappointment, but offers a way forward. But in order to do that, Zacchaeus needs to come down from that tree, which is really the invitation, the third station extends to each of us today. Yes, we might want to see Jesus now and then. We might want to know a bit more about Jesus and how to live our lives. We might be curious about Jesus. But each of us on our own spiritual journey, after we climb up that tree of curiosity, well, the Gospel of Luke teaches that there will come this moment when we will hear an invitation a summons even to come down from our tree and meet Jesus face to face. And that's what he does, of course, from that obstructed view perch. Our text reads, so Zacchaeus came down at once and welcomed him gladly. And it was then and there face to face that Zacchaeus realizes what it was that God wanted him to do. He says, here and now I give half my possessions to the poor. If I have cheated anybody, I will pay them back four times. Can you imagine the smile on Jesus' face that moment? And Jesus said, today salvation has come to this house. The coronavirus is a socially transmitted disease. And we all have a social contract to stop it. What binds us is a microbe, but it also has the power to separate us. We're a small community, whether we acknowledge it or not. And this proves it. The time to act like a community is now. This week, as I was reflecting on the story of Zacchaeus, it occurred to me in some ways, as with the blind beggar, It is a story of having our eyes opened. It is a story of coming to see the world in a new way. Because what changed for Zacchaeus as he met Jesus face to face is he suddenly perceived how his actions affected others. How his selfishness, his desire to put himself first, his willingness to cheat others, was in no way how Jesus wanted him to live his life. But once he saw Jesus, his vision, his sight, was expanded so he could perceive himself as part of this greater whole, a sight that led to his salvation. In our first reading this morning from the book of Corinthians, that insight was underscored by Paul who perceived that All of us who seek to find and to learn from Jesus become a part of this greater body where every part is important and valued 
from the strongest to the weakest. As Paul wrote, if one part suffers, every part suffers with it. Now you are all a body of Christ, and each one of you is a part of it. These are crazy and unimaginable times. It is bewildering to recall that just a week ago in this sanctuary, it was full of people as we celebrated the second Sunday of Advent, of Lent. And it is with, with sorrow and sadness that we think this morning that ordinarily we would have confirmed 15 members of our confirmation class. But today, as Adam Taylor wrote in Sojourners this past week, COVID-19 is testing our understanding and commitment as the body of Christ. And I am confident it is a test that we will pass. That indeed it is time to act like community now. As Howard Markle wrote, For as we hear Jesus' invitation to come out of the tree and to meet him face to face, by so doing we will come to see ourselves as part of the greater whole. And as the coming days unfold, to choose to care for the body of Christ, for each other, to check in with each other, whether we are weak, or we are strong, whether we are suffering or we are healthy. For indeed, we are the body of Christ, and each of us is a part of it. In the name of the Creator, the Sustainer, and the Redeemer, Amen.
I invite you, wherever you might be this morning, to join your hearts together with ours as together we come before God in prayer. And let us pray. Eternal God, indeed, at times such as these, we are reminded that you are our beginning and you are our end. And so we pray that you might be our starting point. From this day forward, you might be our haven and accompany us, walk beside us as we move through these troubled and confusing days. In particular, O God, we pray that you might use us as the body of Christ to care for each other, to tend to each other, to be keenly aware of each other. And by so doing, bring salvation to our world. And as you cause the sun to rise, O God, we pray that you might bring the light of Christ to dawn in our souls and to dispel all shadows and darkness. Give us the will to reflect your light into our world, your peace to shine in and through our words, your healing to be in our presence with each other, both near and far. Hear our silent prayers. Gracious God, we also pray for all this morning who are sick around our world. We pray for health care providers. 
We pray for those who are seeking ways to medically, emotionally, and spiritually comfort those who are in distress this day around our world. Eternal God, you call us to ventures of which we cannot see the ending, paths as yet untrodden, through perils unknown. Give us faith, we pray, to live in our world with courage, not knowing where we might go next or what might happen next, but assured indeed that your hand is leading us, your steadfast love supports us in and through that journey. Hear our silent prayers for the world. your Son gave us words to pray together as the body of Christ, whether we are near or far, and hear us now as we pray together with one voice, wherever we might be this day. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, now and forevermore. Amen.
Indeed, it is time to act like a community now, to come out of the tree to meet Jesus face to face, and by so doing, come to see ourselves as part of a greater whole, and as the coming days unfold, to choose to care for each other, to check in with each other, whether we are strong or weak, whether we are healthy or we are suffering, for indeed, we are the body of Christ, and each of us are a part of it. As you go out into this day, know the steadfast love of God surrounds you. The peace of Christ attends to you. And the Spirit will guide you this day and forevermore. Amen.